So it transforms into all areas of your life. That's what I mean by getting the best out of your mind and your body as an individual, knowing what works for you and in the workplace, knowing what works for other people is just fantastic for team cohesiveness and for production, for output. My name is Samantha Riley and this is the podcast for experts who want to be the unapologetic leader in their industry. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life, inside and out. It's time to take your influence, income and impact to the level you know you're capable of. Are you ready to make a bigger difference and scale up? This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and today we're going to talk about how to achieve success through well-being and how your well-being or the way you're thinking about well-being might be a little bit different because it's certainly a conversation that I've been challenged with a little bit in understanding how we are all just so unique. So I've invited Michelle Sher, who's a registered nurse. She's a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and a health and well-being coach. And she's going to talk about the emerging field of epigenetics and AI, as well as everything else that she's going to talk about in regards to you being the best that you can be. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks, Sam. It's an absolute pleasure and I'm so excited to be here today. I'm really excited to talk to you about this because, as I mentioned before we started recording, I have no idea what epigenetics is. You've been talking about it to me for a long time and I'm just like, "Mm mm-hmm, 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 and realise I actually don't know what epigenetics even is. So I'd love you to start off by sharing what it is that you do and the types of clients that you work with. Okay, all right. So essentially it comes down to health coaching. But where I'm different is that we use a platform, an AI platform, which synthesizes evidence-based research from more than 15 different science and, and medical streams. So if you can just think of for a moment, if you go to a specialist, a, a, a doctor, a specialist, They know everything about their area. Mm -hmm. This platform knows everything about their area and over 15 other different areas. And it it uses that information to bring the best out for each individual person. Mm -hmm. So the types of clients I work with are people who generally want to improve their health. So whether it's losing weight, whether it's managing stress, whether it's getting more energy, a lot of clients that I come to are about, oh, my God, a lot of the clients that come to me are about, oh, my gosh, I'm so exhausted all the time. I just, you know, I need to be able to keep up with my life and I'm so exhausted. And other clients are about really, look, I, I know I need to lose probably 10, 15 kilos, but I, I don't know what diet's good for me and I don't know, look, I've, I've done the keto diet, I've done this diet, I've done that diet, I've done this, but the weight always comes back on. I don't know how to do this. So they're the type of clients that I work with. And, yeah, like I say, we look at, and as I was explaining to you before, when we are first conceived, we have an energy blueprint, which is human design, as Mm -hmm. people really, really into and, and know a lot about, 
And then we have a biological design, which is where I'm coming from, the biological design. And everything we come in contact with, everything that has an influence on us, so what we read, what we hear, what we taste, what we smell, what we see, what we feel, everything that we put into our bodies has an influence of either getting genes to express Mm -hmm. or turning genes off and and having them not express. So it might be a minor thing, but it could be a major thing. So a long-term expression of your genes is how your skeleton is grown. A short-term expression might be seasonal hay fever. Uh So you're exposed to something, it causes some genes to express and some other genes to not express, and you've got all the symptoms of hay fever. Mm-hmm. So it really is about you start with your genotype, so that's right at conception, your genotype, and then everything in between that affects you produces who you are today, and that's your phenotype. Mm-hmm. So we deal with people's phenotype to find out, okay, what can we bring back to the way you were designed? And only if it's a problem because we have all these adaptations that we we go through as we grow, so as we are exposed. So you might have someone who is meant to be a ponderer, you know, someone who mm-hmm. likes lots of information, likes to really think it through deeply. But when you see their behaviours, they're actually quite decisive and, you know, they make decisions really quickly and all that sort of thing. So that that's an adaptation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and is it a problem. If it's not a problem, don't fix it. Yeah. It's only if it's a problem that we look at, okay, what could be contributing to this? Mm-hmm. Is it food? Is it lifestyle? Is it movement? Is it the way your mind's working? Is it the people that are surrounding you? Is it the environment that you're living in? There's six different areas that we focus upon for each person. Mm-hmm. We have 360 different I guess, categories Uh that we go to. But even if you're in the same category, there are 7 billion people on the planet. Even if you're in the same category as somebody else, you are totally different. Mm -hmm. Because as I was saying before, you've likely grown up in different areas of the world. You've had different psychological exposures. You've eaten different food. You've done different jobs. You've met different people. So you'll be totally different to the person that shares the same category as you. Love it. Now, there's six main types, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yep. I know that you have a lot of knowledge in this area, but can you break down what the main six types are? Okay. So let's start with the type called the guardian. Now, the guardian are the people that tend to be a bigger build. They tend to have... They're the people that are the sturdy people, you know. They've got strong bone structures. Mm-hmm. They're a much bigger build. Those people are designed and they're very driven by doing for others, mm-hmm. very driven by doing for others. And one of the things I've found when coaching with these type of people is they find it difficult to set a goal for themselves. Ah, Interesting. For them, what they do is about others. So in setting a goal for them, you actually have to make it about their inner circle, Mm -hmm. the people that they really care about, Mm -hmm. have to be the reason that they do what they do. Mm. So when you're talking about this person, immediately 
sort of Luke Islanders come to mind, like the Maoris and the Tongans and, you know, they're all very tribal, but they're also... They're family folk. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the next group, so they're our true, if you're familiar with the term endomorph, mm-hmm. they're our true endomorphs. The next group are a combination of endomorph and ectomorphs called the diplomats. Mm-hmm. Now, it's always one, I'm, I'm a diplomat and it's always kind of made me wonder why do they use diplomat? Apparently it's because we're quite diplomatic, but I haven't met terribly many diplomats that are diplomatic. <laughs> designed, it's not how we are necessarily. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So for us, it's about it's about resilience. Mm-hmm. It's about going all the way, you know, going for the long term, playing the long game. So it's about digesting lots of material and just being that sturdy kind of resilient, yep, keep going, keep going. I need to consider all this information and I'm going to be in it for the long term. Mm-hmm. Then we come around to people that are called senses. Now, these people are true ectomorphs in that when they develop, they develop initially very much the brain, the nervous system and the skin. So the senses are taking in lots of information all the time. They're the people that are they're almost like a little bird, if you will. They're kind of flittering around here, there and everywhere and and kind of, you know, they, I think of it as if I want to know what's going on within a group, within a community, I'm going to go to a sensor mm-hmm. because they're the people that know. They've taken in all this information through their senses and they know what's going on. Then we come around to the Crusaders. The Crusaders, and as you can imagine with the name, the Crusaders are very much, they need a mission. They are very focused on their mission. And if you're part of their mission, you're in. If you're not part of the mission that they've got for themselves, then it's not that they don't care about you or they disrespect you or anything. It's just you're not part of the mission. I'm focused. So learning how to deal with that sort of thing is if you've got them in the workplace, if you've got them at home, it's knowing how can you contribute to their mission. Now, then we move around to the mesomorphs. The mesomorphs are the activators and the connectors. So we'll talk about activators first. Activators are your pocket rockets. They're the people that just seem to go and go and go. Life is like a hit session, you know, the high-intensity interval training. Yep. Life is like a hit session activators. So they're the ones that are up in the morning and going and exercising and have some tea and they go and do stuff and they're constantly doing stuff. And, yeah, it's knowing that they need to do stuff. Then you've got the connectors. The connectors are a combination of the mesomorph and the endomorph. And the connectors really are about, they're the people that keep communities together. Mm-hmm. They're the people that really want to have, they want to have fun with you. They want to bring you along. They want to connect with you on an emotional level. And they do that through fun. They do that through eating. They do that through groups. And so that's, yeah, that's the six. All right. So obviously as entrepreneurs, we want to, be well because you know we're focused and creative and energized and productive and all of these types of things how does knowing your type play into that what's the link between a crusader and what they eat 
because you talked about the energy of what they do, but obviously then you're bringing in eating styles or different types of food and exercise. Absolutely, Sam, absolutely. So with a crusader, I love that you've asked me this question. <laughs> with a crusader, what they eat is all about keeping their mind clear because they're very much about, like I said, they're about their mission. They're constantly thinking about their mission. So eating five times a day for a crusader is about keeping their mind clear. Mm-hmm. So just a, an orange mid-morning will help get them through to lunchtime without foggy thinking. Mm-hmm. Whereas for an activator, eating five times a day is about giving them the fuel they need for their movement. Mm-hmm. So see the difference there, the five times a day for two different reasons. Yep. And then for others, it might be only eating, as I was saying before, it might be only eating twice a day with lots of fluid because that's what their bodies are needing. Mm-hmm. And then for another, it might just be three Good meals a day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all they need. Start off, you know, breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. A different type. So that suits, suits guardians. It's very individual. And so even though we say there are six types, like I said, 60 subtypes within each of those types. And then however many of those subtypes, there are millions of individuals within that subtype. Mm. So it is very complex, which is why we use the AI to help us with the platform to help us work it all out. And the AI is very much directed on your health at this point in time. Mm -hmm. So we do regular biometric measurements and that sort of thing to see how your body is responding. And as the body changes and becomes its optimised self, so too does the recommendations about food, the recommendations about exercise, recommendations about social activity, environmental activity, lifestyle, all of that sort of thing changes with body optimization and mind optimization. Mm. So with the AI, is it done through some sort of biological testing or is it done through answering questions? So it is a combination of biometric measurements We don't do any invasive testing. Mm -hmm. It's done through biometric measurements. So we'll start with the widest part of the skull. We'll measure the jaw, the neck. We'll measure the elbow, the wrist, the hand, the length of the palm. We'll do all of those sort of measurements down the body to look at inflammation, to look at how you've, you've developed. We use a lot of ratios to look at bone growth and that sort of thing. It is non-invasive in that we use a tape measure, but then there's a questionnaire about your cultural heritage. There's questionnaires about you, the colour of your eyes, the colour of your hair, whether you have a high forehead or you have a normal forehead or a short forehead, you know, things like that, which gives us genetic information that we don't necessarily need to take, you know, a blood sample and, and test your DNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it interesting because at first I thought, If it's answering questions, so I used to work in the health and wellness industry and what I found when I started working with a new client is the way that they answered questions was based on their beliefs and their conditioning and often it took a lot of work to get to the point where they were like, oh, you were right. I thought that, you know, I did well on eating this for breakfast because I didn't have anything to compare it against. So I always find it intriguing to know what the 
I guess the collection of data phase is really like. Yeah. Because I find that when you don't really have anything to compare against, it's very difficult to understand where you sit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's I think that's one of the things that we've, over time, it's a habit that we've got into a, well, where do I sit? Mm-hmm. Do I sit in the, am I normal? Am I below normal? Like totally below normal? Am I average? Am I, like, where do I sit? Am I doing the right thing? And this type of coaching, this type of health coaching is about making sure that you're comparing against you. Because mm-hmm. there's no point in, in me comparing against you, for example, you, Sam, because I'm a different person, my body has different needs to your body. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, like a, um, going back to the beginning, this is the blueprint and going, ah, so how far have I gone from my blueprint? Mm. Is it not a problem for me? And if it is a problem for me, how do I get back as close as I can to my blueprint yeah. for ease? hmm mm-hmm. I don't think there's any entrepreneur that I know that wouldn't want to achieve better results and, and get, you know, more focus, more productivity. As entrepreneurs, I think we're hardwired to always want to be, oh, I can't think of the word for it, you know, like getting the best results possible. Hacking is the word I was thinking of. Yeah, optimising. Yeah, ha- optimising is probably a better word than hacking. But we do we want to get the most optimal results we can with what we've got available to us. That's what makes us entrepreneurs. Yeah. What is an example of someone that you've worked with that came to you, whether it was weight or whether it was energy, whatever it was, and then, you know, what did you discover and then what was able to change for that person? Obviously not sharing any private details. So, yes, thank you. I am I am bound by confidentiality. So the case study that I'll give you is one that's out in the public arena and actually, no, I will give you one of my clients who's happy for me to talk about her journey. So she came to me and as part of her journey, she wants to lose weight. Mm-hmm. So, okay, all right. So we did all the measurements and all of, and answered the health questionnaire. And she came out that she was a diplomat. And as I said before, there are six different areas that we look in. And I kind of relate it as a hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. So if people are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this is a very similar thing. So for diplomats, where we start, their foundation is all about their space, where they're at. It doesn't have to be like clinically clean and ordered and and all of that sort of thing. It needs to be comfortable because diplomats are generally in their own way, the theme is comfort and pleasure. Mm-hmm. So if they're in an environment which, you know, you know, when you walk into a room or you walk into a particular place and you just go, oh, my gosh, I can't spend much time in here. It's just uh-huh. it's doing my head in. Anxiety. Yes. So it's about finding that space for them that is comfortable, that is pleasurable. And for this particular client, what we found was, so we started with talking about her environment and she had a mattress on the floor in her office which had to go downstairs and her laundry was a mess and, you know, all mm-hmm. of this sort of thing. She's a stay-at-home mum. I said, okay, well, over the next week before we get together again, I want you to start five minutes, just do one thing. So whether it's take the mattress downstairs to the garage or whether it's to start on the laundry, you know, throw the rubbish out, whatever, I want you to start on one thing. And with, she's very similar to a lot of people. So 
you just start with five minutes, it's like, oh, I'm doing it now. I might as well finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she did. And she went through the house and she basically reordered everything. And it was like she sat down to it. Oh, this feels so good. And then the next thing we worked upon was her schedule and making sure that she was getting her sleep needs, her nutritional needs, her activity needs, all of that sort of thing. And we worked on that schedule. And over a period of, I think it was about six weeks, that's all we'd worked on. She lost four kilos. Wow. Just with that weight being lifted from her shoulders. That's right. That's right. That's a great picture for it because she found that the laundry area of her house was the bit that caused her the most stress. Her hubby had a habit of when he goes shopping, he'll put all the shopping into a a box and brings it home and then the box goes in the laundry. So she had this pile-up of boxes and she's just like, ah, I need to get rid of those boxes. So she did and she had a lot of stuff that she'd been storing that she didn't really want and all of that sort of thing. So she got rid of that and transformed her laundry as well as helping her out with her timing, so space and time. And hey, presto, it was like weight had lifted off. Wow, that's so fabulous. And she didn't do anything specific about diet. She didn't do anything specific about activity or exercise. She just continued the same. And, yeah, that that was before we got to diet and, and exercise. So, yeah, that was four kilos of weight that, like you say, it's a good good example, just lift it off. Yeah, I love that so much. For you in going through this process, how has knowing this helped you in your business, for you as a business owner? So maybe your clarity, maybe your energy, whatever it is. It's actually been fantastic for me in managing my energy because I now know that being the same type as the lady I was speaking about, I now know that I need to have my space comfortable, mm-hmm. needs to be comfortable around me. I now know that I need to be in charge of my schedule instead of my schedule running me. Mm-hmm. So I time block and I, I've instituted a few different things. I now know that if I eat in a pattern with the recommended foods, that I feel so much better. I have so much more energy. If I exercise at the right time of day doing the right sort of exercises, I'm building a stronger body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's certainly helped. So I know that of mornings, I spend my time pl- um, planning. When I'm wanting to be creative, when I'm really wanting to get in and get the do done, I do it of an afternoon because that's when my mind is working the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly helped me to really sort things out. Like I know that I typically I would like to not start work until 10 o'clock in the morning, Uh but I have one coaching call that starts at 9 o'clock. So I've made it, okay, 9 o'clock in the morning is when I start work. So I have an easy morning because that's what my system needs in terms of hormonal control and all of that sort of thing. So Uh I have an easy morning leading up to that. And then, you know, I do some planning. I do all all of that sort of thing, but I leave the tough stuff to the afternoon. Ah, interesting. And I'm guessing that there are other people that are designed to get the tough stuff out of the way nice and early. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So it really comes into, you know, I did a leadership workshop last year and talking to the women that attended it, it was for women in leadership, 
you know, just talking about the interactions in the office and how to get the best out of people. Obviously, it was generic mm-hmm. and talk specifics because we didn't have specifics, but it was generic and how to get the best out of people. So if you have someone who was very mission-focused, give them a mission, give them their parameters and let them go. Mm. They are going to deliver. They need challenges to keep engaged. Whereas if you've got someone who routinely, like a diplomat, who likes to chew lots of information over and all of that sort of thing, you need to work with them so you don't put them under pressure. You put them under pressure, they're still going to try and do their process of like, I've got to read all this information so they're going to do really long days and really work hard to get you your time frame Mm -hmm. because they want to get you your time frame, but you've just incredibly stressed them Mm -hmm. into doing things that they wouldn't normally do. Mm -hmm. So you've got to work around and, you know, and working with them to say, how much information do you need to make a decision? How much information do you need to be able to, you know, to move this forward, for example? So different ways of working with different people. So there is one particular group that you put them under an air vent, their mind will go foggy. Whoa. Just can't think with air blowing on them. There are others that need, they need time and space away. So they need, so for the sensor in particular, they need time where they're not constantly interacting. They need time, almost like the float tank. Mm -hmm. They need time where they're not taking anything in through their senses. So putting them or having time where they can go and sit on their own is really good for a sensor. So it transforms into all areas of your life. That's what I mean by getting the best out of your mind and your body as an individual, knowing what works for you and in the workplace, knowing what works for other people is just fantastic for team cohesiveness and for production, for output. Yeah. I love this so much because you mentioned it right at the beginning, you know, There's people that have tried the keto diet and they've tried this and they've tried that. And this is just bypassing all of that and helping you to understand what works really, really well for you. Because I'm sure we've all done something, either exercise at different times of the day or eaten in different ways where we just don't feel that we're at our best. And we all love to feel at our best. Absolutely. I've got a question regarding your traditional like career where you started in nursing how did you make the transition from nursing into epigenetics and how does the traditional medical field view you know what it is that or epigenetics yeah that's probably a really long a really long answer but I'll try and make it as brief as possible so growing up I always wanted to be a doctor but then I kind of looked at it and went oh, my gosh, all that study, I want to have fun, you know, I want to live my life, I want to, you know, do all this stuff. I don't don't want to be, I don't don't want to be down with seven years of study and then having to, you know, study all the time afterwards. Little did I realise that anything you do, you have to keep learning. Uh So anyway, I went nursing after school and I became a registered nurse, joined the Air Force and I was a sponsored undergrad Lots of things happened during my Air Force career, nearly 20 years there, and I popped out the other end with some significant injuries and illnesses, which meant that I couldn't go back to clinical nursing. Mm-hmm. 
which was really quite challenging for me. So I'm, I'm about five and a half years on from D-Day when I left the Air Force. And it's taken me quite a while to get around to how can I contribute? When I left, I was at an absolute, I was in the hole. I was right down the bottom, really bad place because I felt I had no value. I felt I had nothing more to offer. I took my uniform off and I didn't know who I was or how I could contribute to life, mm -hmm. to my life, let alone anybody else's life. And that was really hard. So I did a few things that meant I got out in contact with people and I really loved mentoring and coaching when I was in the Air Force. And so I decided I can be a mentor. I, I was kind of hesitant about the coaching stuff because I didn't really feel like I had the right to coach somebody. And anyway, so I tried out a few different forms of mentoring and, and coaching. And then I, um, during some networking, I came across this lady who was talking about, she was talking about the hormones and, you know, do you like getting up early? Do you like to eat? You know, all of that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. And that lit my fire because I was always really into um, anatomy and physiology. That was something that I loved as, as when I was um, clinically nursing and it really lit my fire and then I went and did the training and I'm just like this is life-changing yeah. you know so yeah it's really lit my fire to get in and I can I can help people to make a difference in their lives the whole idea is when we get out there to get rid of lifestyle diseases mm -hmm. so type 2 diabetes is a lifestyle disease obesity tends to be a lifestyle disease it's not always but it does tend to be a lifestyle disease you know there are so many things that are lifestyle diseases that we can influence with epigenetics and with health coaching love it so much does that answer your question yeah totally i'm always intrigued to know how people got there especially when they're coming from traditional careers i guess but you know traditional beliefs and you know and this is a little bit different not a huge amount because it's still based on science but I was just intrigued to know because what I love about this is the fact that you're taking into account everyone's uniqueness and I think that is the the key to success is to really understand because we're all so very different and I think that so many problems with the whole health and wellness and diet industry is that there's this blanket rule try this and it just doesn't work like that right that's right to answer the second part of your question about contemporary medicine and how does it view epigenetics and that sort of thing it's a case of awareness i think because the medical model that we currently have particularly in australia is very reactive so you develop an, it's not until you develop symptoms or you develop an illness mm. that you actually get treatment for it. Mm. But mm -hmm. what if we could prevent that? What if we could live close to how we were designed? So we do regular education sessions and the chief medical officer runs them. And from what he was saying, you know, wow. essentially we are designed to live to about 120. It's our lifestyles that cut us back so it's the quality of the food we eat it's the the exercise that we do it's the conditions that we live under that brings our lifespan down 
So, yeah, I, I found that very interesting and I find, like, I find everything um, that we do very interesting because it really speaks to me. But, yeah, I, I think that we don't have to get mm-hmm. to old age and spend all our time at doctors, you know, in doctor's surgeries and waiting for tests and waiting for the doctor to see me and then going to a specialist and all that sort of thing. That doesn't have to be our life. Mm-hmm. We can choose to be vital. We can choose to be active. We can choose, like I look at my mother-in-law who's 85 no, and that. she's living her best life. She's active, she's driving, she's vital, she's awesome. And I see so many others in the community that are very similar to that in their 90s and they're still driving, they're still very aware, very alert, their bodies are still great, you know, they're not giving up on them and Yes, they you know they're slower than they were and, and stuff like that, mm. but they're still living a great life, you know. And that's what I think. You know, I don't want to be crippled, and you know, I just I don't want to be that crunchy old person in the in the nursing home. <laughs> crunchy. <laughs> I'm with you on that. For people that are listening, Michelle, and they're intrigued about knowing their type. I believe you've got some sort of resource so they can start to learn a little bit about their own epigenetics. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I've got a PDF booklet, which is Health Types for Beginners, and it's very much about a very quick blurb on where epigenetics has come from, so a a very easy-to-read blurb on where epigenetics has come from. And then it goes through the health types, and it finishes with an option for you to do a health type test. It's a free test that you can do to give you more insight. And, you know, mostly people are really interested in saying, like, what health type am I? What health type am I? But once they know what health type they are, they start looking around at people around them and going, oh, I wonder what health type they are, because it's really useful for communication, for relationships, you know, for all of that sort of thing to know. Like, for instance, if you're with an, with a crusader, if you have a relationship with a crusader, whether it's a working relationship, a personal relationship, if you know that they are mission-focused, then when they don't include you in things because they're not trying to offend you, it's just naturally how they are. Like this is part of my mission and you're not part of that. So, you know, you're still in my heart or, you're, you know, you're still a great friend or whatever, but yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is my mission. So whether that be training for a triathlon or something like that, they're, you know, it's not that they're taking time away from you. It's that they're participating in what they need to do for their mission. So it's really good to know all of the health types. It's really good. Obviously, it's extremely beneficial to know your own health type and, and how that plays out. But it's good to know the other health types as well. And like I said, a website for a free health test. Now, the health test that it does there asks a number of questions and it's about 80% accurate. So for to get 100% accurate, you actually need to come to a provider and have the biometrics done and answer the, the questionnaire. So, yeah, that's what I've got for your listeners. And, yeah, I'd love lots of people to know about this stuff. Cool. So head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com and the links will be there so you can download your free PDF and get the link to the test. Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. I find this super intriguing. I'm always up for how can we be the absolute best that we can because when we're well-energised, focused, then we're able to 
make a much bigger impact and change many more people's lives, which is why we're here and why we do what we do. Ruth, there was one thing that you could leave the listeners with today in regards to this whole topic. What would it be? Be curious. Be curious. We have so many things that we believe because we've been socially conditioned. So we believe that we need to do a certain type of exercise. We believe that we need to eat a certain type of diet. Be curious because this information will absolutely blow your mind by bringing it back to you rather than the group. It brings it back to you as an individual. So be curious would be my recommendation. Love it. Thanks so much for joining us today, Michelle. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.